in to another edition of State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. My name is Jason Gotch. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, John Spataro. And, John, what an interesting week we had last week in the National Football League. The Bears, with one of the better comebacks you will ever see, they do it for the second time in three weeks with a great fourth-quarter comeback. But from a gambler's perspective, hint, hint, your humble co-host, Jason Gotch, was 5-0 and against the spread. John, I know you've been on fire as well the first few weeks. Before we get to the Bears, all the news with the game against the Colts coming up this Sunday, the team being 3-0, and a new starting quarterback. We always like to tell people how we did, so why don't you tell the listeners how Week 3 went for you. Well, I'm glad you're doing well because I fell off the undefeated wagon last week, and I don't feel too bad about it because I have some explaining to say how I went one and two this weekend. So first, I did have a pick on that Bears game. I refrained from making a pick earlier in the show and ended up doing it as one of my best bets. It was the under in that game. And if you remember what I said last week was the Bears under Mitch Trubisky were very good at getting long, sustained drives that suck out a lot of time on the clock, but they don't end up in points. And that is exactly what was happening while Trubisky was in that game. In fact, it was happening so much that they took him out and they put Nick Foles in. And then Nick Foles went off in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, scored three touchdowns, brought the Bears back. So all in all, that's one of those. I was on and under expecting it to be a low-scoring game because I did expect Trubisky to play the full game. I did not expect to see Nick Foles this early. Once he came in, I really realized that the under dream may have passed. It really just was a different game with Foles as the quarterback, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more here coming up. But overall, I'll take that loss. What I cannot take is my other loss of the weekend, which was the Rams as underdogs on the road by two and a half points in Buffalo. That game, yet again, I don't know how many times we're going to say it this year, but it seems like every week, was robbed from betters and fans on another phantom pass interference call late in the game. Josh Allen and the Bills were in the red zone with seconds left on the clock. There was a pass interference call that was non-existent on one of the Rams' secondary, led them to a fresh set of downs and ultimately a touchdown uh, with little time remaining that let the Bills win that game. However, that did help me get the over cash in that game. I, I was also on the over in the Rams and Bills, so I did get that one to salvage a weekend, but overall not great. However, there have been worse weekends for me. There will be worse weekends for me in the future. Losing those two on a questionable PI call and then the Bears uh, hitting the over because they brought in Nick Foles. At least it's interesting. There's a lot worse ways to go one and two. Yeah, that's a rough one. It looked like you had those games handicapped correctly, John, but when Coach Matt Nagy puts in Nick Foles, which, again, as a Bears fan, which I know you are, I am, from the perspective of the fans watching, everybody, I think, was thrilled because so many people have seen enough of Mitchell Trubisky. But from a gambler's perspective, when you're counting on him not to put a points in your you're betting on the under and it's looking your way in the third quarter and then the coach doesn't cooperate, well, that certainly is a tough one to, to lose, as was that Rams game. Just a, a crazy game with Buffalo winning that one at the end. Me, Jason Gotch, after a little bit of a rough one in week two, I come back with a 5-0 and week against the spread. I had the Bears plus the three in Atlanta. I said I thought they could win that game outright, but regardless, play it plus the points. Take the three points in that one. The Bears again. Nick Foles and company coming up big in the last six and a half minutes with those three touchdowns to win the game outright 30-26. to 26. Also the over in that game. 
Uh, I didn't think Foles was necessarily going to play, but I didn't have a lot of faith in the Falcons' defense. Well, in the last six and a half minutes of the game, they proved me right. Atlanta collapsing against that Bears offense. So we won both those. Then our best bets had the Patriots minus five and a half against the Las Vegas Raiders. New England won that game at home easily, 36-20. to 20. If you've been listening to my ideas, Jason Gotcher on the program the last couple of years, you know I love situational gambling, meaning... The Raiders the previous week had played in the Monday night game at home, opening their new stadium, a win against the Saints outright in a game they were underdogs, their first ever game in Vegas, a lot of emotion. They got to go on the road and travel to New England. So I thought the Patriots would cover that number, which they did with that 36-20 to victory. Also, the Vikings. This is, again, an- another thing I love to do is bet underdogs, especially at home. The Vikings, not very good this year. They've lost a lot of guys, especially defensively. They didn't win last week. They lost 31-30 at home to the Titans, but they were getting two and a half. So uh, on the betting scoreboard, plus the points with the two and a half, you won with the Vikings. And then I just like right now betting against the Dallas Cowboys. I I think everybody's in love with Dak Prescott. He reminds me a lot of Kirk Cousins, a guy who puts up a lot of numbers, a lot of yards, but not all that many victories. And also at key times in the game, he does not bring you back. And I think of the Kirk Cousins when I refer to Kirk Cousins as the guy who was the quarterback for a number of years with the Redskins for some mediocre teams. Everybody loved the stats. Didn't necessarily show up with the wins and the losses. So Seattle at home minus four and a half against Dallas last week. We took the Seahawks. They won that one 38-31. So 5-0 week. Can't get any better than that here on State Lines. John's put together a week like that already this year. I put together a week like that already this year. So only three weeks in. We've, we've been on fire most of the time. John Spataro, me, Jason Gotch on the program, and we're looking for more this week. And, John, before we get to that, let's wrap up some thoughts about the Falcons game for the Bears. But more importantly, uh, the move to Nick Foles. This is what Bears fans wanted for a long time. He did not disappoint. Many Bears fans thought when, when the Bears got him in the offseason, make him the starter immediately. Didn't quite work out that way. But I have a hard time seeing Nick Foles seeing the bench again this season unless he gets hurt. I, I think he's the Bears quarterback going forward. Yeah, I've got a couple thoughts on this. I mean, last week I said I, I didn't think that Mitch Trubisky would be pulled this year as long as they kept winning. Now, they obviously weren't winning at the point where he got pulled in the game last weekend. They were uh, down by a few scores in the third quarter. It was a little odd, though, for me to see Trubisky get pulled in that situation because he already had a fourth quarter comeback under his belt in in week one against the Lions. So he proved that he could get it done. Uh, You know, maybe he's not going to do that every week, and maybe that's the logic that Matt Nagy is using. But in that situation, against a team that is, let's be honest, prone to collapse the first few weeks of the year, if there's been a team that you would expect to, to stumble down the stretch in a close game, it is the Falcons. So to see Trubisky go in that spot was a little bit surprising. Now, after he was removed, I would say that Matt Nagy, and, all, and this is going to be a little bit of a of a stretch analogy here, but imagine if Matt Nagy was like a master chef. He went from an easy bake oven to a full commercial kitchen because Nick Foles is not Peyton Manning. He's not Tom Brady. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he is a quarterback that can make 
most of the throws required to play in the NFL. He can hit a deep ball. He can do a double, sometimes triple check down and find an open receiver. There was a lot reported after he came into this game, the way that he talked to the receivers, he talked to the offense, and had this sort of predictive or analytical sense that's just not there with Mitch Trubisky. And I like Mitch. I have nothing personal against him like some people in Chicago seem to. However, he's just not the tool set that I think Matt Nagy has been looking for since he's come to Chicago. They gave him a fair shot. They gave him the starting job this year, hopefully to boost his confidence and to see some you know, big leap forward in some of his skill set. It just hasn't happened in the first three games of the season. So Nick Foles comes in, he throws a couple touchdown passes, he really looks sharp, and mostly this Bears offense really just looked like it woke up. I mean, Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson, Jimmy Graham, all these guys who I think for a while now we've been expecting to be more involved in the offense every single game, they were all over the field. You do lose Tariq Cohen in that game. I think that's kind of an underreported piece of this whole uh, Bears season so far. You're not going to have him in the lineup for the rest of the year, but you cannot say that the offense did not look more in sync, on time, and a little bit just more exciting with Nick Foles at quarterback. So I'm not expecting him to play a full year. That would be foolish based on his history in the league. So we are probably going to see Mitch again under center sometime this year. But for the small sample size that we have, you got to say it was an improvement to put Foles into the game. Yeah, no doubt about that, John. I mean, you, you hit it right on the head when you talked about the communication and what the players had to say after the game. And just listening to Nick Foles when he talked about that touchdown pass to Anthony Miller about 30 yards with just under two minutes to go in the game. And he talked about what he said to Anthony Miller. He said, just just run to the L in the end zone where it says Falcons, just run to the L, get there, I'll get you the ball. And that's exactly what he did. Mitchell Trubisky, to me, is too robotic. I, I'm with you. I think Mitch is a great guy. I think the guys in the, the locker room like him. I think they actually want him to do well. But I think he's limited in reading defenses. He's limited in seeing the field. He's limited in adapting to the game as it's actually happening in the course of a play. And Nick Foles isn't compared to Mitchell Trubisky. You're right. He's not Tom Brady Foles. He, he's not Peyton Manning in his prime. He's not Drew Brees. He's not a superstar but he's above average at understanding the game, getting the ball where it needs to go, and improvising on plays, and more importantly, just the, the over the, the, the total flow of the game. He gets it more than Mitchell Trubisky. So I think it's a big upgrade for the Bears at quarterback. Again, the health question's a huge issue because we don't see him normally play 16 games over the course of a season. In Philadelphia, he was a great relief pitcher when Carson Wentz would get hurt. The Bears need more than that, though, because Mitchell Trubisky, even with Carson Wentz struggling this year, Mitchell Trubisky is not as good as Carson Wentz is. So the Bears are going to need to try and keep Foles healthy, but with him in their lineup, I think he's a lot that that's a lot more explosive offense and they've got a lot better shot the Bears do uh, to make some real noise here. I know they're three and0 on the year, which is straight up, which I think probably puts them in a pretty good spot to make the playoffs. Remember, you get three wild card teams this year in each conference, not just two. So nine and seven might get you in ten and six probably does. A three and0 start is a great first foot forward to try and uh, make the postseason. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. This is State Lines. We'll talk about Bears, Colts, the gambling perspective. We'll give you our picks in that game. We've got our top three plays of the week later on in the show. We're also going to get to some games that are not in our top three plays this week, but 
we still want to talk about them because we like them, but not as much maybe to put them in our top plays. All that and more coming up right after this brief timeout. To state lines where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. Great to have you aboard. I'm coming off a 5 0 week against the spread last week. John, after a great week two, a little bit down in week three, but he's looking to get back on track here as we give you some plays as the program progresses. But, John, I don't want to keep the fans waiting any longer. We talked a lot about the Bears in segment number one, the win over the Falcons, being 3 0 at this point, being 3 0 against the spread. Two great fourth-quarter comebacks that they've already had in Detroit and in Atlanta. Now the Bears are on their own field this week at home against Phillip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts. And the Bears in this game are an underdog. The Bears are getting three points on their own field despite being 3-0 and this year. Uh, give us your thoughts on this game. The total in this contest is listed at 44-and-a-half. I don't know if it's going to be in your best bets. Maybe you want to keep your plays on this one a secret. But if it's not a best bet for you, let the listeners know what you're thinking about this contest. Well, it's not going to be one of my best bets. I will get rid of uh, any sort of drama as we head into the second segment of the show here. It's not going to be one because, like I've said in the first few weeks of State Lines and even going back to last season, I really had a tough time pegging the Bears offense under Mitch Trubisky because it just wasn't consistent and it just really wasn't productive to a to a, a point where you would really feel good about putting the points against them or betting on the over or really trusting them to close out some games that they probably should win if you're just picking a side and, and betting them on the money line. Now, just when I feel like I had a good handle on what Mitch was doing, which was, like I said in the last segment, draining the clock, taking some time, getting some decent drives together, but ending in field goals or punts or turnovers, not a lot of touchdowns. They throw a wrench into my betting plans and they put in Nick Foles. As a Bears fan, very happy about that. As a better, I'm going to need a couple more weeks to kind of get my mind right about what the Bears are going to be doing week in and week out and what this offense is going to look like. I think Nick Foles is going to put up a lot of points. I think that's what he does. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, last segment, his production as a, a backup or a relief pitcher for Carson Wentz. That ended in a Super Bowl. So the guy's got some talent. He's got some spirit, and, and he could win some games for you. One thing we didn't see in Atlanta that he is also known for is throwing a lot of interceptions and sometimes game-losing interceptions. That didn't happen in week one, but it's bound to happen as he goes on throughout the year. He's, he's going to throw some interceptions, and how costly are they going to be? Matching up against the Colts this weekend, the Colts have a very good defense. Uh, Phillip Rivers is kind of in the twilight of his career. He's onto a new team after a long career in San Diego and L.A. Now he's in Indianapolis, and so far the Colts have 
haven't looked outstanding in their first three games. Uh, you know, obviously they're two and one. The Bears are three and zero, oh, but I still don't feel like there's that much of a difference uh, from the Bears being three and zero oh, to one and two to two and one. These games have just been so wild that the Bears have played. I don't know if you can go off record alone. So if I'm going to make a pick on this game, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking that it's it's the Bears to win. Uh, I, I I do think that you could get some good value on the money line and just trying to you know ride it out with the Nick Foles factor being added to this offense. I think the under might be in play again, although I got burned on it last week just because there's two really good defenses at play here between the Colts and the Bears. Uh, but overall, it's it's going to take me a few weeks, like I said, to figure out what this offense looks like going forward with Nick Foles and without Tariq Cohen. I saw some good things in Atlanta, but I need to see just a little bit more before I start really putting some serious uh, money behind the Bears this year. Understandable, especially with the change at quarterback. I know we both like what Nick Foles can bring, but you still want to make sure that that just was not a, a mirage in Atlanta last week, those last six and a half minutes where he threw three touchdown passes. Still feeling out a Bears team where you look at both these teams, actually, the Colts and the Bears. The Colts come in 2-1 and one overall. The Bears are 3-0. and oh. And you could argue, John, that these teams haven't played anybody. I mean, you look at the Bears. that They win in Detroit. They beat the Giants at home without Saquon Barkley for most of that game. And they go to Atlanta, who under Dan Quinn, they just seem to find ways to lose games. They found a way to lost, lost, they lose that one at the end of the Bears. Uh, they had a debacle in Dallas the previous week. And then you look at the Colts. They went to Jacksonville week one and, and were surprising losers in that game. But they come home and they beat the Vikings and the Jets. Again, Minnesota is winless this season through three games. And you look at the Jets, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. So uh, this game between these two teams this weekend, on both sides, they're going to be playing their best opponent so far with the Bears 3-0 and the Colts 2-1. and And again, I, I've said this, Jason Gotch, with you along with John Spataro, uh, throughout the, the last couple of years when we've done this show, I emphasize it even last segment, I love home dogs in the NFL. I'm not saying bet them all. But if you find one that's pretty appealing, Bears plus the three, I think their defense will do enough against Phillip Rivers, who's actually played pretty well against the Bears in his career, and he's doing pretty well for the Colts this season. He's definitely an upgrade from Jacoby Brissett last season. Colts are okay running the ball. Nothing great this season with Jonathan Taylor. He's averaging just under four yards a carry. So I think the Bears defense will do just fine against the Colts running game. We'll see what Phillip Rivers does against that Bears defense that hasn't been great this season. They've been okay at times, but I mean, you look at the Falcons putting up 26 points. Uh, the Lions were able to get their share of points, and Daniel Jones and the Giants uh, were able to move the ball pretty well and score in the second half against the Bears at Soldier Field a couple of weeks ago. So we need to see the Bears' defense get a little bit stronger. But still, I'm going to take the Bears here plus the three. I'm going to say it goes under the 44.5 points. I think the Bears' defense will do enough against Phillip Rivers. And don't expect Nick Foles to be throwing the ball all over the field and making this a 30-35 point output for the Bears. I'm looking at this one more or less in that 2017 range. Could be a 17-14 game, maybe even 23-20, which gets you under that number of 44.5. So I'm going to take the Bears plus the three. I'm going to go under 44.5. And for me, Jason Gotch, this is not one of my top plays of the week. It's not one of those. But it's worth looking at and putting a little money on, especially if you want to make the hometown team's game a little bit more interesting. This is State Lines, where we get the best pro football gambling information here in the state of Illinois. And, John, some breaking news this week. Uh, the Major League Baseball season was interrupted for the St. Louis Cardinals at the start of it. 
because that team had a coronavirus outbreak. The card set, I believe, for three weeks before getting back on track and playing 58 of the scheduled 60 games and then making it to the playoffs. That was a nice little comeback for a Cardinals team that many thought in early to mid-August should just be put on the shelf and not even play this year because of the coronavirus outbreak in that organization. Well, we got breaking news here this week. The Tennessee Titans had a coronavirus outbreak in their organization and the NFL postponing, at least for a day or two, the Steelers-Titans game down in Nashville. And this is an issue that the NFL may have to confront more than one time this year. The coronavirus is still out there. And it's still a dangerous virus. And with the NFL and the contact sport that it is, you're not wearing masks on the field. And who knows what goes on with each and every player off the field. This is something that could spread through an organization. And the Titans facility is at least closed until Saturday at last check. So uh, this is one that it might not be the only time for the NFL having to deal with something like this. But at least they have a blueprint from Major League Baseball that if the virus does, in fact, uh, get into a locker room or get into an organization. Uh, the Cardinals provided that blueprint in baseball that you can bounce back. Yeah, absolutely. And from a, a gaming perspective, and obviously, you know, there are much more important things going on than making a quick buck on on a bet here and there. However, um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this affects the rest of the season. I mean, it's it's likely that they're going to play the game within one or two days after the original scheduled date. But as we continue down the line here uh it's it's not uh out of the realm of possibilities that we see teams swap bye weeks or move games much later into the season or after the regular season is supposed to end you really don't know at this point and i'm optimistic because of like what you said uh with the mlb platform or, or plan being out there already how to handle things as they pop up i mean people forget and i know we're a football show but both of the uh cardinals and marlins the two teams that miss extended time in the regular season this year ended up being playoff teams albeit thanks to the expanded playoffs in the MLB. However, it didn't really derail the seasons like maybe people thought. So if you're looking at, I don't know, maybe some season-long bets involving the Titans and the Steelers, the Steelers have been playing great football for the first three weeks of the year, and the Titans are 3-0 and as well. That's actually a very good game to take off the board uh, if you're a football fan. But safety first, we'll see what happens. If they do move the game, maybe Monday or Tuesday of the, of the following week, it might be worth a look to see, you know, there may be some routines off there may be uh, a little bit of a different feel for a Tuesday night football game in the NFL might be an interesting thing to look at in terms of totals or some wacky prop bets or something like that uh, you know I'm, I'm always just looking for is there an edge is there an advantage is you know when abnormality strikes for any reason unfortunately this is a serious reason a, a virus a health concern Vegas is going to use it against you if you don't. So be on the lookout as the schedules are able to be flipped around here in 2020. Just make sure you're taking a look at your bets. You don't want to put a, a bet in for, for a game that's not going to be played. So just make sure you're paying attention to the news and uh, know what's coming down the line. Yeah, certainly something from a gambling perspective you have to look at because injuries are such an important part of the game and how we analyze these games based on the number that Vegas puts out. But if you're betting early in the week, for example, if you bet this game back on Monday, maybe you saw a number that you liked on that board or one of your books had it at a better value than you thought was going to be there a day or two later, you put that money down and all of a sudden – 
uh, that game has changed and you're looking at, well, do you want to carry that bet over? Possibly will they let you carry that bet over to a day or two or they just take it off the board, you get your money back. But, uh, you know, this is something if the game, let's say the game hadn't been postponed. And maybe a couple key guys are just out. And they, the NFL originally wanted to go ahead with this game on Sunday or earlier in the week when this story broke. And then they changed here on Wednesday. They said, no, on second thought, we're going to do some more testing. They can play it on Monday or Tuesday. But it's just a, another angle you have to keep in mind in the coronavirus era. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. This is State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. We come back. We're going to talk about some games in the National Football League on the Week 4 card that, that are not in our best bets that don't involve the Bears, but they have interesting storylines, and they're worth a look because the lines are pretty good, at least in my opinion. We'll talk about that right after this. Welcome you back here on State Lines. Great to have you aboard. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. Earlier in our program, we told you our thoughts on the Chicago Bears and Colts game. We'll recap those for you a little bit later on if you're just joining the program. We'll also, John and I, have our best bets. We give you three of them every week against the spread. That's coming up a little bit later on. But before we do that, every week there are games we look at and we say, hey, you know what, maybe a best bet, maybe not a best bet. And in the end, some of those got to get cut. Because you only got three games you can put in your best bet. It can be side or total, but could actually be you know two games. It can be the same game, side, and total in another game. Point is, there's a lot of games out there we don't get to in that best bet segment. So let's get to a few of those right here, John. And let's start off by talking about the Eagles at the 49ers. This is the Sunday night game. Uh, the line at the time of this taping, the Eagles are getting six points. The over-under here is only 43-and-a-half, something you talked about prior to week one when we did our first show this year, the Jalen Hurts factor with the Philadelphia Eagles. And i got to admit, when you, when you brought that up and said, you know, maybe at some point Jalen Hurts will be playing in Philadelphia this year, who knows about Carson Wentz, I kind of you know, sat on my end of the, the, the studio and I said, well, you know, I love John, but I'm not so sure. Carson Wentz is their big-money quarterback. They got, they got rid of Nick Foles for him, but... Here we are going into week four, and I, who am I to doubt you? I know they say Wentz is the guy, but he has not been good. The Eagles are 0-2-1. They tied the Bengals last week. And you have to believe if the Philadelphia Eagles lose this game and drop to 0-3-1, the calls for Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia might even get louder. They sure will. And, yeah, I said that last week a little bit in jest. I mean, I, I again, I obviously didn't predict – Mitch Trubisky to get benched this week. So how could I have predicted uh, Carson Wentz to go down and uh, and take the backup role and put in Jalen Hurts? But something's got to change in Philadelphia, man. It's really uh, becoming a, a, a tough season for them already in just three games in. And uh, from a betting perspective, I'm not recommending it this week, but you know, sometimes people don't realize uh, exactly what you can bet on. If you were to have bet on the Eagles and the Bengals to tie last week, which you can. You don't always have to pick a side. Uh, you can usually get odds for a game to end in a tie, upwards of 10,000 to one. You know, some really just incredible 
uh, and very slim odds from that happening because there's just you know not very many ties that happen in the NFL. So you can really get a, a, a good line uh, if you're looking at that. However, it's probably the equivalent of buying a lottery ticket or something like that. I'm not uh, recommending you putting the house on that anytime soon. Uh, but that's just a side note. This game, I think, has got to be a must win for the Eagles, right? I mean, you're playing a team that's, uh, you know, kind of banged up with without Garoppolo, although they took care of business uh, both uh, against both of the teams in New York this past uh, week and the week before. The Jets and the Giants didn't even put up a fight against the Niners, even with Garoppolo uh, being being out of the game last week and Nick Mullins at quarterback. So um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one. It's not necessarily uh, you know the bright lights of Sunday Night Football that we might be used to seeing this uh, Eagle team limp into uh, what's like I said been a pretty dis- disappointing season so far uh, but you know what if, if I have to make a pick on this I'm gonna go against my intuition from last week and say why don't you give me the over in this uh, Philadelphia San Fran game because if uh, Jalen Hurts is put in as the starter uh, sometime in the second half like Nick Foles was or I'm not going to let it burn me again so maybe take a look at the over but really really a big game for the Eagles I think they have to win to save some face yeah completely agree with you on that one John and I like him plus the six here I think this is a pretty good spot Nick Mullins has been a good backup quarterback in the league in the last few years he did a pretty good job when Garoppolo got hurt Uh, his first year in San Francisco back in 2018. So I like the idea of Nick Mullins, if you have to go to him, if you're San Francisco, if indeed he's the guy that's got to play this week, the status of Garoppolo is still up in the air at the time of the taping of the show. But still, I I think this is one where it's a rally the troops game. Doug Peterson's a veteran coach. Uh, You got Carson Wentz, you know, on the hot seat. Philadelphia fans are the same people who pelt Santa Claus with with snowballs and they'll, they'll boo anybody over there. So, so uh, the, the, the natives are getting restless in Philadelphia. But I, I, th- I don't know if the Eagles win the game, but I, I think they keep it within those six points. And uh, funny that you mentioned the tie between the Bengals and the Eagles last week and how it's like buying a lottery ticket to bet a game to tie. Maybe in four years that won't be the case with Bengals and Eagles because those teams – have played in the last four meetings two ties. They tied 13-13 in 2008. They tied last week. So when the Bengals and Eagles get together, they're in different conferences. So they don't play every four years. But when they when they do play, you go ahead and you, you might want to look at the tie on the board. But it has not been a good start for Philadelphia this year, but I think they find a way to do it on the road, at least cover that number. Give me the Eagles plus the six. Let's continue here, John, with a, a game that's not interesting necessarily of the straight-up matchup. Uh, the Ravens traveling down the road just a little bit to take on the Washington football team. I, you know, every time that name comes up, I, I just, you know, I, I always want to give a mascot name there. I know they don't have one, but at Washington football team just looks so funny on my gambling board every time I see it. But right now... Again, the Ravens coming off a bad loss to the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs in the Monday Nighter, 34-20. to And I say bad loss because Lamar Jackson did not look good in that game. The reigning league MVP, I don't think there's anybody who watches the NFL now or probably any NFL insiders who would take Lamar Jackson, even though he's the reigning MVP at quarterback over Patrick Mahomes. And it, the, the difference in those guys' play showed back in that Monday night game. Now the Ravens go to D.C. to take on Washington. 
the total, uh, no total at the time of this taping, but we have that 13 and a half spread, uh, point spread in favor of the Ravens. My guess here is the Ravens take out some frustration, but I don't know how much it matters because if the Ravens and Chiefs play, they could play that game on the moon in the playoffs. I, I don't see Lamar Jackson and company being able to stay with Patrick Mahomes, and that's got to be disappointing. I, I don't know if the Ravens come into this one flat or not, but it certainly has to be a letdown what happened to them back on Monday night. It's slowly turning into a uh, Michael Jordan, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of players that just could not best Jordan at his peak, and and you know whose careers were maybe not as great as they could have been because of it. Maybe an Isaiah Thomas, or um, you know, a, a really anybody on on the the '90s Pistons that that kept running into the buzzsaw that was uh, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, obviously, I'm talking about the Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson comparisons. I mean, I watched that game on. Monday night, there was a lot of talk of, is this the new uh, Brady and Manning? Is is this the new quarterback rivalry in the AFC that is going to continue for t- 10, 15, 20 years? And Lamar Jackson is a very talented quarterback. He deserved the MVP uh, last year for really kind of coming into the league and, and taking it by storm, despite the fact that people weren't even sure if he was a quarterback when he was coming out uh, as a Heisman Trophy winner. So he had a lot to prove wrong, and he did. And uh, it, it, it's just not the same level that Patrick Mahomes is playing at. He's just not producing uh, specifically against the Chiefs. I mean, I think he's only lost three or four games in his career, and three Three of them have now been against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. So take that with a grain of salt. You're absolutely right that they're probably banged up by that game. I mean, it was Monday night. You're on your home field. You're playing the defending Super Bowl champions. What is there not to get up and get excited about? It just didn't work out for him. I mean, they just got bulldozed by Mahomes and, and Andy Reid and and that fine-tuned machine that I've been on now for two years when I say that, you know, as much as it, it, it hurts to keep picking the same team over and over or you feel like you might get some fatigue, don't because Mahomes is the real deal and I think the Chiefs are the real deal going forward. So in this game specifically, hey... I give a lot of credit to the Washington football team uh, for you know coming out and and, and playing in, in what's really been a weird season for them. I mean they don't have a they don't have fans they don't have a, a nickname for their team. You know there's there's been a, a, a big old uh, scandal rep- ripping through their organization involving Dan Snyder that was reported on in the Washington Post. So there's a lot to to be distracted by, and they've actually played some. Decent, but probably below average football these first few weeks. So uh, if you're looking for an angle here, maybe consider the Washington football team to cover 13 and a half points or 13 points, whatever you're going to get is just a lot in the NFL. And although the Ravens can really score and they can really put teams away with their running game, they really don't uh, do a lot through the air. The, the, the passing game is not necessarily one of their biggest strong suits. And uh, the Washington football team seems to have a pretty good pass defense to uh, quell them if they do try to throw the ball. So this this game could be closer than it looks like on paper. 13 points is just a lot. I don't know if I'm going to make it one of my best bets, but it might be worth a look if you want something to do with this game. I'm going to go the other way on this one, John. Again, I, I look, I hate giving big numbers away, especially on the road, but I just think the, the Washington football team is that bad. So I'll take the Ravens minus the 13 and a half. Not one of my top plays. But if you gave me 10 bucks or 20 bucks and said throw it on a side or a total in this game, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it on uh, the Ravens minus the 13 and a half. Before we get to our best bets, one more we want to sneak in before the break. That is the Monday night game. The Falcons, who always seem to find a way to give away a victory, 
They're 0-3 in Green Bay to take on the Green Bay Packers this week. The Packers are 3-0. They're a seven-point favorite. The total in this game is 58. John, I don't like laying the seven here, but I don't know another way to go. Uh, the Falcons just seem, like I said, to find ways to lose, and that is a high number, so the odds makers are, are, are daring you there to go ahead and bet the under, but I, when they do that, you do it at your peril. Certainly, and Aaron Rodgers is playing at an MVP level. I think the Falcons team as a whole is playing at an LVP level. They're just not getting it done. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is right up there for one of the, the MVP candidates this year. He's moving the ball around. Aaron Jones is putting up great numbers. This game has to be all Packers all the time. Maybe, maybe the Falcons can figure out a way to, to right the ship, and this would be the game to do it, right? If you beat the Packers who are undefeated and are looking great, maybe you can turn yourselves around. But I don't see anything out there that would suggest that that's going to happen. I think the Packers take this one pretty easily. Yeah, I'm with you. I got to lay the seven. It's a little bit scary for me, but I can't go with Atlanta right now. I got to think that locker room's devastated the way they've gotten off to an 0-3 start, so give me the Packers. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. Quick timeout. We come back here on State Lines, recap our Bears picks, and both of us will each give three picks, our three best bets of the week. All that and more right after this. Here on State Lines as we continue with our week four preview show, giving you the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. For our listeners who may have just joined the show and they were not with us a little bit earlier on, John, let's recap what we're thinking about for the Bears and the Colts. Noon kickoff central time at Soldier Field on Sunday. The Bears in that contest, as you look at the latest odds, the Bears are Getting three points against the 2-1 and one Colts. Of course, the Bears are 3-0 and straight up. And the total in that game is 44. How do you see it playing out? Like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to need a few weeks to decide what I think about the Nick Foles-led Bears offense. It's just not the same game anymore when you have a quarterback like Foles who can make deep throws, who can make check down throws, who can predict and analyze what's happening on the field with the defense and make big plays because of it. Mitch Trubisky, great kid, great guy, really appreciate all he's done here in Chicago. We'll always have that playoff run uh, that ended in the double doink, but still we'll always have that as Bears fans. And uh, with all his shortcomings, Mitch just wasn't able to get Matt Nagy's offense running at full speed. I think that Foles can do that. I don't know if he's going to be able to, you know, outclass a Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or uh, a Tom Brady who's coming up in a few weeks. I mean, there's a lot that still has to be done for the Bears to be able to compete against some really good teams. They really haven't played anybody like you mentioned earlier, Jason. So this is going to be a pretty good test of this 3-0 and team that, you know, as far as I can tell, nobody really believes that they're a true 3-0 and team. They should have lost in Detroit, if not for a dropped pass. And last week sure seemed like a loss, too, until they got Foles into the game. So 
All that to say, it's going to be tough for me to to pick a side in this game. Uh, even with the, the field goal spread, I just don't really know what I'm looking at in terms of the offense coming off of, of just a quarter and a half of Nick Foles. So I would say take a look at the Bears to win this game. If they're underdogs, obviously they're on the road in Indy. It's going to be tough um, you know, for me to see any way that they would cover and not win. Um, I, I think that's just how they've been playing lately is is winning by touchdowns. Haven't really had a situation to kick a game-winning field goal. So give me the Bears to win. Uh, just just kind of uh, on a feeling alone. I really don't have any, uh, any, any insight to this game just yet until I get a better idea of what Foles is going to do. All right, John, we got you locked in for that one. I'm going to go ahead and take the Bears plus the three on this game. I, I look at the Bears and I say they're on their own field. I think their defense will do enough against Phillip Rivers. I'm not in love with the Colts' running game. And I think Nick Foles is going to make that Bears offense better than Mitchell Trubisky had it. I don't necessarily think we're going to see what we saw in the last six and a half minutes of the game where Nick Foles throws three touchdown passes this week or we're going to have this this huge offensive explosion. I just like the way Nick Foles leads a team better and understands what's going on throughout the course of a play, meaning he reads defenses better than Mitchell Trubisky does. He improvises based on what the defense does as the play's happening. He sees his receivers better. He's not going to be locked in on one guy all the time. That was a huge knock against Mitchell Trubisky. He locks in on one guy before the play starts, and he throws to that guy no matter what, and he doesn't see other guys who are open. And also the accuracy issue. Nick Foles is a more accurate passer than Mitchell Trubisky is. Now, all that, again, I'm not trying to say that the Bears are going to reinvent the wheel here on offense, but I think they're going to do enough this week on their own field. I actually like them outright, but not enough to bet that on the on the money line. I say, you know what? Be safe. Take the points. Three points to a home team is big in the National Football League. It, 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 look, two and a half points last week got me that Vikings victory. They were plus two and a half against the Titans last week at home in Minnesota, and they lost that game 31-30. So if you're taking the points in that game, like I did, you were a winner. And I, I think the same thing this week. Even if the Bears don't win, I think they lose a very, very close game. And I think a worst-case scenario, they lose by three, you get your money back. So I'm going to go with the Bears here. And I'm also going to go with the under in this game. I think the Bears' defense will shut down Phillip Rivers and company, as I said, enough. And I, I think the Bears will win a game that plays out 23-14, 23-17. Could even be a 23-20 game, maybe even lower scoring. So give me the Bears. This is not a best bet, plus the three. Also not a best bet under uh, the number of 44 in this contest. So I'm going to go ahead and lock those in. It's not best bets plays, but plays that I do like a lot. Jason Gotch along with John Spataro here on State Lines. John, it's that time in the show that everybody waits for every week. We give our best bets against the spread or on the over-under. So I'm going to turn it over to you. I know you got three really good plays. You've been studying all week. So roll out some winners that we can brag about next week on the program. Well, here goes an attempt to get back into your territory, Jason, which is on the winning side of a week and hopefully a perfect week. I would like to have another one of those uh, before this is all said and done. So here's a game for you. Pretty easy history on this one, recent history, and something that just seems right to me in my mind as well. I'm looking at the Chargers and the Buccaneers. These two teams uh, could not be further apart geographically. Obviously, you've got the Chargers going all the way across the country to play Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Well, there's one thing that I want to point out between both of these teams. They are 8-0 and combined 
when it comes to hitting the over this year. They have both gone over in all of their games, and I am really, really excited to see this game score a lot of points. It just it just has that feeling to me that Gronkowski and the weapons that the Buccaneers have added have yet to really jump off. They have yet to really click on all cylinders, and I think that this is the coming out party. So give me the Buccaneers and Chargers over the uh, current total is 43. So take that. Don't even think about it. They're hitting them all year. Nothing to worry about there. Another game for you that I really like. It's a game that you might want to overthink, but I'm going to tell you not to. The New Orleans Saints and the Detroit Lions. Right now, the Lions are getting a, about four points. It can it can vary from book to book, but I'm going to tell you to hammer the Saints in that one. It doesn't seem like there will be much of a game when this one is over. I just have the feeling that also, like the Buccaneers, the Saints, who have skidded a little bit lately, they're one and two. They're not playing fantastic football. This strikes me as a game that they can get back on track. They're playing, you know, not in prime time. They're not playing Tom Brady like they were in week one. They're not opening a stadium like they were playing in week two against the Raiders. It's just a take care of business game for a pretty good team. So give me the Saints to cover the four-point spread in Detroit and against the Lions. And then finally, this one's fun. And this is a team that I swore off betting last year only to come back to them and actually have a pretty good end of the year. I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins, who are going to welcome in the undefeated Seattle Seahawks into South Florida. And I am going to take the Dolphins. They're getting six and a half points. That's a lot. We have talked about big numbers being put up on the board and and what you should and shouldn't do with them. This one is screaming for me to pick it. I don't really know why. I'm really excited about uh, you know what what the Dolphins are are going to do on Sunday. I just have the feeling that they're going to keep this game close. Maybe like a 30 to 27 type game. Um, I am expecting a lot of points obviously. Maybe the over's worth a look too, but mostly the spread. Give me the Dolphins plus six and a half points. And I think that they will find a way to get it done. So to recap, I am on the over in the Chargers and the Buccaneers over 43. I am on the Saints as favorites on the road to easily cover the spread in Detroit with four points. And at home, the Miami Dolphins will cover six and a half points against the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. All right, John is locked in. He's looking for another big week after being 5-0 and in week number two. I, Jason Gotch, was 5-0 and in week number three. That includes uh, the Bears plays from last week, the over in the Falcons win, and also the Bears plus the points. Told you earlier, not one of my best plays this week, the Bears uh, plus the points against the Colts and also the under of 44.5 in that game. But these are my three best plays. I'm on the other side of John with the Lions and the Saints. Uh, the Lions get the four and a half. I'm not in love with the Detroit Lions. I know I'm taking a risk here. The Lions have been bad for the better part of the last 60 years or so. But the Saints have been off to a disappointing start this year. I mean, you look at where the, what happened to the Saints last week, losing at home to Green Bay. They had the good game in week number one against Brady and the Patriots down in New Orleans, but they went to Oakland or they went to uh, Las Vegas and lost the first ever game to the Raiders in their new home in Las Vegas, their new city. And they lose last week to the Packers at home. I think the Saints might be a down a little bit here. Drew Brees is looking maybe like father time is starting to affect his game a little bit. I'm going to take a chance on the Lions plus the points. This is one I don't necessarily think they win, but I could see this one going Saints 37-34, 34-31. It's where I like to jump on points on a home dog. So I'm going to take the Lions plus the four and a half.
I'm also going to take the Raiders plus three at home against Buffalo. I think this is a good spot. This is a late game. Uh, being in Las Vegas, the the Raiders with one of the late games this week. Not a, not a primetime game, but this is your traditional uh, 320 or 325 start. It is actually a 325 central start. I think the Raiders on their own field after losing that game in New England last week, I think they get back on track. Buffalo with a big emotional win at home last week against the Rams straight up winning that game in the closing seconds. I think the Bills are due for a little bit of a stumble, and I think it happens here in in, in Las Vegas as they will maybe win that game. Who knows? But again, a home dog getting three. I love home dogs. Give me the Raiders plus the three. And the final one for you, I'm going to take the Patriots plus the seven in Kansas City. I love Bill Belichick getting points here. I know over the years, the Patriots have had some problems with the Chiefs early in the regular season. The Chiefs are definitely the better team, but the Chiefs are coming off a huge emotional win on Monday Night Football against a team that they are expected to battle for AFC supremacy this year, the Baltimore Ravens. The Chiefs won that game by two touchdowns. It's a short work week. It's a good spot here for a letdown for Kansas City. And it's another game that, hey, I could easily see the favorite winning, but I don't think they cover the touchdown. So to sum it up, I like the Patriots plus seven, the Raiders plus three, and the Lions plus four and a half is my three best bets of the week. So hopefully... Uh, John and I both on track in week number four. We got some winners out there for you. Win or lose, we'll tell you how we did when we have next week's show to preview week number five. For John Spataro, I'm Jason Gotch. This is State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. Enjoy the winners, and we will talk again next week, everybody. This show is for entertainment purposes only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.